Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the We Do Marketing Hour. I'm super stoked to have one of my friends and colleagues and one of the big names in our industry. You may have met him at one of the conferences or if you're just following us and one of the listeners from a different industry, Adam Warren from Open Jar Concepts and the Sentinel Group. Super stoked to have you here. Adam Warren is not only co-founder of Open Jar Concepts and TSG, but he's a president and co-founder for over 22 years experiencing in entertainment, multi-chain and media distribution and client development. Starting Open Jar Concepts 10 years ago with his partner, Reno Ronaldo, out of their home office, and most recently just purchased a huge compound um, that um, I'm super stoked to eventually come out and visit. Um, Adam obviously has had and made a career out of the integrity, relationships, and relentless determination to win, and not only win for his companies, but more importantly, to win for his clients. Adam, welcome to the show. Super stoked to have you here, man, and, and learn more about who Adam is, how you came up, and you know the awesome stuff that Open Jar and TSG are doing uh, right now for you know law firms and and other brands that that you're currently working with. Uh, well, thank you, Alex. Um, and also, I think I think maybe I need to update my bio because we're coming up on twelve years. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, company was born officially. I believe our first dollar was nine nine oh nine. So I should be playing those numbers, right? Never, um, no, my dad would have been for sure. <laughs> First dollar, nine, nine, oh, nine. I remember my dad, we, we had a store in uh, Patterson, New Jersey. And I remember his first dollar. You remember that when people would put the first dollar they yes. on their wall by the register? Absolutely. Um, super, super cool. Somewhere we have a copy of our first check. That's awesome. From a client. Yeah. Yeah. Very I, cool. I believe in those traditions. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, we're, we're getting lost in those. So Adam, before we jump into everything, you know, OJC and TSG has done, I want to know about Adam, like what got you started? I know uh, you're in California now, where were you born? Tell me about your parents. I kind of want to know, you know, the inside story of how you came up, what family life was like, everything. I don't know if we have enough time. Um, but I'll, I'll do what I can to give you the snapshot. So I am a uh, New York born, uh, Queens actually. Wow. And I grew up in, uh, East Meadow, Long Island. Okay. Um, parents divorced young. And when I was really young, like three years old, I lived with my mother for a while. And then, um, when I hit about 11 or 12, I decided to, uh, see what was going on with my dad in California and moved out to uh, uh, Westlake Village in Agoura Hills, California, and, and uh, pretty much went through my formidable years there uh, from fifth grade all the way through graduating high school. Awesome. Um, from there, I, I uh, did a stint, uh, a brief tour at San Diego State, where um, uh, that was back when uh, Marshall Falk was playing. Wow. And, okay. Yeah. I just dated myself completely. And so, um, stayed there for a while, you know, went through some growing pains, um, and ended up moving out to, uh, Austin, Texas, uh, later down the road, I'm filtering out a few, a few stops along the way. Um, and that's when I went to, uh, Texas state university in San Marcos um, where I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts in Theater. Wow. How I got here. That's how, that, that's kind of what drove everything, huh? Well, you know, uh, from there, I, um, uh, I was actually a personal trainer all the way through college. I was a competitive bodybuilder for a while. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, but I then ended up syncing up with a good friend of mine and actually one of my clients, and we had written a screenplay. And one of my clients at that time who I was training uh, is attorney Vic Fazell. He's a Texas law legend um, and a great story, even at his own Netflix special. Um, went to Vic one, one day and said, hey, I'm writing a script. Do you know anyone who wants to put up some money for a crazy independent film? And uh, Vic said, well, I'll tell you what, if you can find the other half, 
um, I might be interested. And if it makes me laugh or cry, I'll do it. And he took the script home and he laughed and I think he cried. And he came back and said, well, have you found anyone else? And I said, well, actually, I'm in talks with somebody right now. And he said, just cancel the meeting. I'm going to take the whole thing. Wow. So I uh, had a bit of a film career where I was able to uh, produce, uh, write, act in a uh, couple of different uh, projects. One of our projects uh, is called Rhinos. It ended up winning mm-hmm. um, Best Feature and a couple of different film festivals. New York was one of them. Flagstaff was another. Um, and we even had it uh, screening in Austin, Texas for a while at this place called the Alamo Draft House, which is actually pretty famous in Texas right now. Um, and from there, I, I just kind of fell uh, into advertising. And I started in advertising, I believe, in 2001 for a probably the, the largest uh, national ad sales for television rep firms in the country. And what we would do is every account executive would have a list of 30 something stations and markets all over the country we'd represent to national advertisers on behalf of that station. And that's how I got started. Um, and I really was attracted to direct to consumer advertising and, and um, helped build up their uh, platform for selling to direct response advertisers. I also was dealing, however, with, you know, uh, general markets so doing uh, cost per thousand, cost per point uh, marketing. And um, from there, then I ended up at uh, RevShare, uh, where I worked as their vice president of network for five years. Mm-hmm. And then after that came uh, the birth of OpenJar. Wow. With your uh, good friend and partner, Reno, right? Reno Ronaldo. Yeah. So Reno and I were sales counterparts. Uh, He was head of ad sales and I was head of network. And we started syncing up and it was just a great combination of uh, being able to go to a client and sell both perspectives of what goes on in marketing. And we became like a sales team. So, uh, you know, eventually when we were both out, and doing our own thing. This was just a natural progression. Wow, that's awesome. So at what point did you land your, your first uh, legal client or, or you know advertising client together? Well, uh, I've been in uh, mass tort so long at this point, it's hard to remember not. Um, wow. And he and I were doing uh, mass tort at RevShare as well. We we go as far back as like FanFan and SJS uh, and Viox, you know, um, that's and an early days MISO. Right, yeah, that's super MISO early. For, yeah. MISO forever, right? It just it's never ends. I think I keep saying that Roundup is the new MISO, but um, yeah, it goes back so far. I, I really can't remember. And then we launched OpenJar uh, with a combination of different verticals, not just tort, but we had some tort business right out of the gate uh, that we were fortunate to get. And, you know, it's, it's really ended up paving the way for where uh, OpenJar is now because it's a business we constantly gravitate to. It's a business that we've intrinsically come to understand. Um, and it's something that at this stage of the game, we just know that we're good at it. Um, and we have through trial and error and lots of research and development and di- different ways of doing it, figured out you know the entire process from front to back end to understand what the attorneys needed. Yeah, that's all great. And, and fortunately, you know, get, having an opportunity to be an outside person, you know, kind of starting to, to work with you guys and see what you do. It's impressive, especially the the longevity. It goes to show, you know, we're we're vendors and and partners in this industry alongside with with other people. But you know, people come and go, and and you guys have been around. You know, I've been seeing you forever. Um, you know, I was fortunate to run into you after meeting several times, and and you know, you made that that first step to introduce yourself, and and here we are. You know, kind of working on some projects together. So I appreciate that. Um, but you know. Super honored to, to be working with someone who's uh, been doing it so long. For me, it's it's been about 15 years in the industry, and uh, you know, just fortunate to to keep going. Um, Likewise, you know, 
I want to, you know, we have, we have two different, um, companies, but they're both work together. You have open jar and you also have the Sentinel group. Can you tell our listeners and our audience and, and, you know, people in our industry recognize it, but we're going to have other law firms and, and other attorneys that are listening right. that we currently don't have relationships with. So if you could kind of tell and, and break that down for us exactly how that works and, and how you could help someone and, and we'll dive into uh, some additional questions. So, <clears throat> excuse me, one second. <coughs> Alex, hang, hang tight. Yeah, yeah, down. go ahead. So I just want to plug this in. Make sure I don't power down. Okay, and action. Um, so many, many years ago, um, we started recognizing that uh, through client feedback and just seeing where the market was going, we started recognizing that there were a lot of law firms that wanted to get into um, mass tort either through you know, harmful drugs or uh, medical devices and didn't want their names to be so front and center. So we looked at other business models uh, and I, I had told you in a previous conversation, one of them we looked at, which was also a client of mine a long time ago, was 1-800-DENTIST. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to manage their national buys into local markets. And the concept of 1-800-DENTIST is when you call 1-800-DENTIST, they were going to field you to the dentist that was appropriate for you. And in their situation, it was geography-based. In the situation of torts and, and you know, for, for drugs and medical devices is, uh, at least within the confines of the United States, there's no borders. Um, there may be some states that have some restrictions, and, and I can talk to you about how we deal with that. But for the, for the large part, um, you can be a lawyer in any state and move into mass tort and buy it from a national program. Um, the other thing we noticed is launching a national program can be very expensive. Um, that, that can be a lot for one law firm. Um, and because we're dealing with law firms all over the spectrum in terms of size, scope, capacity, bandwidth, and financial wherewithal, right? You and I both, we, right. we deal with all over the place. Um, and so we, we came up with the Sentinel Group. The Sentinel Group is our brand for all things legal. And, and some you know, may think, oh, that's your mass tort brand, but we do more than mass tort. We're in single event too. We're in medical malpractice, we're in personal injury, and we're in mortgage foreclosure defense, we're in SSDI. And so the Sentinel Group can be used um, uh, for any number of legal campaigns. And our terms and conditions are very clear that this is a legal matching service. We do not depict ourselves as attorneys. Uh, We're very clear that the person speaking is a paid spokesperson. Right. Um, unless it's an actual attorney speaking, which has happened. Um, and we're, we're clear on, you know, hey, here's all the verbiage at the end that tells you, you know, you should be careful with the choice of attorney you make. And um, at the end of the day, if you're calling in about Roundup or 3M or CPAP, um, we're going to get you to a law firm to consider your case, or at least a law firm intake that will then decide whether or not you can, uh, that you have a case. So we've now been on the air with the Sentinel Group 52 weeks a year since, uh, I, I wanna say 2011. Um, and we've never stopped. You know, We've been on at different levels of spend, but there's, you know, fortunately for, for us marketers, <clears throat> There has been consecutive caseloads for over a decade, um, and some have millions behind it, and some have 
hundreds of thousands behind it, and some have even less than that behind it. But one way or the other, we're able to be on the air all year long. So you have now this brand, the Sentinel Group. When those calls go to the Sentinel Group, what happens next? Did I jump ahead to what you should have been asking me? <laughs> no, no, no. I think you're doing good. I think I think it's a good explanation, and I'll jump in and, and kind of get the big picture. So that's good. Okay. So we developed a system, a proprietary system that we will probably never be able to stop developing. Um, it's in constant state of evolution called TrafTrack. TrafTrack does a number of things, but one of the things it does is lead aggregates. So I have been asked, how do you avoid cherry picking? Well, the concept of cherry picking has to be so long and so arduous of a process I really don't even know how we would do it in real time without hiring a thousand people to sit there and try to figure out what the best case is. The way, our, the, way the phone calls come in, it works in an algorithm of a round robin. So I may have, let's just say I've got three attorneys uh, buying CPAP, right? Mm -hmm. Call comes in, attorney gets call. That attorney is now out of the process. Call comes in, attorney takes call out of the process, out of the process. And each attorney may have a different criteria, right? Um, and by criteria, I mean how much their budget is, whether or not they can take calls Monday through Sunday, or they have limited hours. Right. Um, fortunately, a lot of attorneys are sending them ca their calls to outsourced intake. This is what they do. This is their job. And they're available in most cases 24-7. Because when you do performance media, which is largely what we do, um, you know, hey, there's a, a cost per lead for this that backs into what the cost per case should be. Um, these types of leads, whether they're coming digitally from TV, radio, print, they're coming in 24 seven. Right. And we want to make sure that these are, these are, these are time-based opportunities when a consumer or a potential plaintiff in this case is willing to reach out to you. And we want to make sure that all of our clients are always available for that time-based opportunity when that one plaintiff decides to engage the campaign that you happen to be a part of. Um, and so that's how we do it. It's, it's, it's a call in or lead in, distribution out onto the next until we run that round robin and back to one. Um, and so that's, that's kind of always been our secret sauce. Um, and it has been a big part of what's allowed smaller firms to get in here with micro budgets versus the bigger whales that come in and just they want 5,000 cases. Right. right. There's not a lot of firms that want 5,000 cases, but there's a lot of firms that might want 100. Yeah. They might want 150, 200. And because of the, the system we've built, we've allowed for that. So you can work that in. So if I'm an attorney, I'm a law firm, and I contact you, First of all, what I've seen is a lot of companies, you know, they, they, it seems like yours is very timely, right? So it's like round robin, you're part of the campaign, right? Once, once I've engaged with you, I'm part of it. I'm in it. So I'm continually getting, it's not like your team is actually calling and saying, Hey, I've got this available. I got this available. Someone engages you first and says, this is what I want. And then they fall into the system, right? So how does that work exactly? I'm a firm. I want to work with you. Um, I want to buy three, four different types of torts, how does it work? Well, the first thing is we have to discuss, uh, we have to look at a couple of things. It, it's uh, simple, but, but can be complex. Um, and the complexity is arriving to what it is we're delivering. So um, a firm comes to us and they say, okay, I've, you said, what was the example? Five torts, three torts? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter, three, three torts. Okay. Let's just, we'll say three torts. Okay, Adam, I want to be in Roundup, CPAP, and 3M. I know that Roundup and 3M are probably getting really close to settlement. And I want to be on, in on CPAP because I like getting in early. And um, the reason any firm would want to get in early is because you'll never pay that low of a cost per case again. Once everybody starts moving in on a cost per case, price is going to go up. Right. Almost nothing a firm, uh, an agency can do to control that other than optimizing their media and keeping that lid as tight as they can to control that cost. That being said, we will, we will look at a couple of things, their budget, 
we will look at their criteria for signing and compare that if we have one to a firm that's live and signing and converting at the level that we expect them to. If, for example, on CPAP, you start precluding all different types of cancers, well, that's just going to raise your price. You now limited the number of needles in your haystack. And if we have other firms that are signing those, we might say, hey, um, we'll never disclose who else we're working with, by the way. We always keep that very confidential. But mm -hmm. we'll say, listen, I've got a firm right now. They're signing cases based on the criteria you're not wanting. You understand there's going to be a difference in price from when I first quoted you when we first spoke. Because I can only quote based on what's happening or the market feedback. So we get through budget, we get through criteria, um, you know, how many leads per day, and then very importantly, who's handling the intake, which can sometimes be the most troubling part of the conversation. Right. Um, we have different folks we work with that we know are good um, on either all fronts we're gonna deliver or specific fronts of media we're gonna deliver, for example, I may use one firm because they are phenomenal at live calls. I may use another firm. Uh, when I say firm, I mean intake company. I may use another intake company uh, because they are experts at data and they can handle high, high volumes, even when the data is lower converting. So it's more to go through. Then there's some that, hey, they're just good at everything. And a lot of that depends on, you know, are we going to be delivering very moderate amounts of volume per day that you know, any intake can handle it, or are we going to be delivering a tsunami? So once we get over those types of uh, initial, I would say, inquiries back to the law firm on how they plan to approach each case, then we can figure out on a one-by-one -one basis how we're going to bring them into the fold or not. Got it. Very good. So I want to talk a little bit about OpenJar because you use the term hybrid fusion a lot. What does it mean to you and OJC's direction as an agency? So what that means um, when I say hybrid fusion is we launched as uh, a TV media company. And myself and my business partner born into television media you know, we still believe that there's nothing quite like the power of TV. Um, in our view, things have changed. TV is still a phenom in the fact that it, when you get the call you're looking for, it's hard to find a media uh, that will convert in the same way. I mean, we expect 50, 60% at least out of a TV live call especially a call that starts wow. going into uh, you know, a higher duration of 100 seconds, 200 seconds. We can look at durations and usually guess very closely whether or not that thing's signed. Um, when it comes to other media, the pendulum, shift, the pendulum shift has been not necessarily always better converting media out there, but certainly more responsive and higher volume media out there. And we're driving calls from digital now, you know, through paid search and display through social media platforms. But we're also driving incredible leads through basically a paper lead right. that are coming right. through uh, any number of landing pages that we've got for every single campaign there is that is capturing these leads, spitting it immediately out to the uh, intake facility for, for instant follow-up and opt-in follow-up, which is very, very important. Um, so when we talk about hybrid fusion, it's not just about saying, hi, Adam, I want a TV or I want a radio campaign. It's going to be, okay, client, I'm going to give you a TV, a radio, and all forms of digital campaign. Because quite frankly, there's just no other effective way to do it. Right. You got to do it all. You so have to do it all. But there's also where we talk about hybrid fusion, it's not just about a multimedia execution um, in terms of the platforms themselves. It's also how you acquire it. So while we're known for doing you know, performance media of cost per call or cost per click, we're, we're very well known for that. Um, we also do 
direct response media buys, cost per thousand media buys, cost per point media buys, because, you know, if you go in and say, I want performance only, you're precluding yourself from all sorts of targeted media that might work really, really well for you, but we'll never know because you didn't want us to do it. Um, And and that's the hard part that I find, um, you know, kind of getting over that hump with, with law firms that, you know, they want to do what they've always done. Well, so do I. I would love to do what I've always done. My life would be a lot easier. But at the end of the day, that's just not how plaintiffs work. Right. You know, right. Uh, most people's TV screen is now being carried around in their pocket for the exactly. majority of the day. Yeah. Um, or it's become their tablet or it's become their their laptop that I'm talking to you on outside right now. Um, so I was actually in a panel not too long ago, uh, I believe it was NTL, and there were some, you know, real big industry players up there with me. I felt very honored. I had, you know, CAMG was up there, and Velocity was up there, and Broughton Partners was up there. And, and everyone was asked, hey, um, is TV still king? And, and the thing I had to respond with was, well, what are we calling TV? Are we only quantifying it by what's ha- hanging on our wall with a flat screen? Are we quantifying it by all the other devices that have now become extensions of programming? Um, and it's a hard question to answer, but if you want to break it down to, does somebody seeing you, your commercial, let's say, does somebody seeing you and then responding to you, or does somebody hearing you and then responding to you convert better? I would still say yes, but that's not that would not be enough to even scale a campaign anymore. You need other parts in that wheel, other spokes in the wheel uh, to get the kind of desired results that you want. And you guys, you know, originally started where you were TV centric and obviously evolved. um, And, you know, you transitioned your expertise and growing it not only for, you know, plaintiffs, but but other agencies. But you've built a creative services team, you know, that has uh, been award-winning, award-winning, or nominated in TV, radio, um, out of home, social media, web development, and more. What what prompted you to um, you know add these services? Was it be was it all part of this hybrid fusion? Like you need to be everywhere at one time. Like nominated for winner of 2019 2020 Best Radio Ad Award, nominated uh, 2020 Best 60 Second TV Ad nominated 2020 Best Social Media Facebook Ads, Golden Gavel Awards, nominated for 2020 Best Billboard, winner of 2021 Most Innovated Hybrid Media Marketing Agency um, by West Coast USA. I mean, that those are impressive nominations and, and wins for you guys. Like, you know, applause and, and well, high fives to this creative I, I, I started getting team. excited as you read it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, that never gets old. When I get to play this interview back, I might just hit that one on a, a constant loop. Give it on loop. That that should be your my ringtone. <laughs> Alex is calling. I, problem is, I keep missing Alex's calls because I listen till the very end. Yeah. Um, you know, well, going back to where I started was creative, and um, Reno and I as partners are a phenomenal yin and yang. We know exactly what we both should be doing. And, you know, when it comes to a lot of the higher level tech and, and uh, the regular meetings with our CTO and how we build out Trap Track, I give Reno all the credit in the world for that. His brain works phenomenally in that direction. For me, uh, um, I work more creatively. I love image. I love imagery. I want to see the picture. I can see a commercial when we're, when we're getting ready to do it or a, or a billboard before it's even done. Um, and one of the ways we started doing that is with the, our own logo. We've developed, I, I don't even know how many iterations of logos OpenJar has. Yes, I kind of saw that Google was doing that. I can't change my logo every day, but I saw Google was doing that and I found that attractive. And I thought that's something we could pull off because our logo is so rare. It is the only logo I can think of at, at this moment that has any kind of mascot to it. There's always two Bs in every logo, signifying Reno and I as the founders. There's always a jar of honey um, because when we first were conceiving this company many, many years ago in Dulles Airport, um, 
I was telling Reno when I wanted to build the site, I wanted somebody to maybe, you know, click on a honey jar, a candy jar, a cookie jar. And when they click on it, that jar revealed the offering of the creative services. So the creative desire of this company goes way back. Um, but it's taken time because I never wanted to take my eye off of, hey, w- what is our bread and butter? Our bread and butter is generating cases for law firms or leads for other types of companies. Um, but now that we've had some time to evolve, I've been able to take time and get back to creative, gather up the resources uh, that we need to put out incredible work. Um, from a graphics perspective, I really think we are leaps and bounds ahead. Um, we've, we've really created some compelling work um, that out of the gate, right as this industry finally got its long overdue award ceremony for all the incredible marketing that goes on in the Golden Gavel, awards. Uh, We were able to pick up an award right out of the gate. And I said at that first one, I plan to come back next year with much more content to submit. Um, And I was thrilled to win again and get those other nominations across all those different media types. Um, And this year we're moving into live action. And my hope is next month, we're actually going to start shooting. And there, there was no way I would go into any particular type of creative execution or offering if I thought the industry already had everything it needed. You know, we know there's a couple of very, very talented companies that do production right now. So I had to look at what they were doing and saying, okay, that's their pocket. I'm not going there. Um, What we want to do is what you would see more in national brand storytelling Mm -hmm. and bringing that to the local level. you know, I've, I've aligned us with Emmy winning uh, production team. And um, we're going to put out something, I believe, to this industry that we just haven't seen yet. Um, and I hope it's somewhat of a bell ringing moment or even a cattle call to say, hey, there's more you can do. And, you know, all lawyer out advertisements don't have to fit the same mold. And I think the couple of companies that I'm thinking about right now have done a phenomenal job of breaking those prior molds. So now I want to go into another place, which is, you know, you might see a local law firm from Houston look exactly what you might expect from a commercial by BMW or, wow. you know. Super and, stoked and to see this. Yeah, I love yeah, that. It's, it's, it's going to almost look like high level uh, movie movie making storytelling. Uh, um, And that's, I think, the next frontier for us. It's where I'm investing a lot of time and energy um, and still continuing to figure out what we can do on the graphics side. We've been very fortunate to get a lot of our rebranding work from some firms where we're redoing their logos. And gosh, every time I see them, you know, take one of our completed logos for them and actually put it into their their, uh, uh, you know, their visibility. It's, it's a prideful moment. So we want to put things out and when we see it, you know, later after it's been taken by that uh, law firm or client who hired us, we have that moment of pride every single time. There's no, um, there's no churn and burn. There's no conveyor belt type work we do here. Um, and that, that goes from whether we're working with an attorney and the level of excellence we want to deliver to them because we don't just want them to call on us for one campaign. We want them to call on us for a decade of their next campaigns. And so that takes a certain level of execution. And the same thing goes to creative. It's a high level of execution that we want to, you know, it's it's like putting a burn mark on your brain. You'll never forget what we did for you and you'll come back if you need it again. Love it. And it's obvious why you've become a recognized leader in litigation marketing, obviously, because of, you know, out of the box creative aspects. Um, As you look ahead into 2022 and beyond, what do you think OJC's position of strength is today? And where do you see it going 2025 and beyond? Well, that certainly has me older. Uh, <laughs> Has us all a little bit. Uh, I can stop that at any time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, 
when 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 we say we're full service, I want to make sure that that's what we are. Um, I know there's there's a lot of firms they like to use you know one vendor for one thing, one vendor for another, four other vendors. You know, I get that. That's never going to go away. But for the clients who come to us and just say, "Here's the kitchen sink. Please deliver it. We we want to practice law. You guys handle the marketing." Um, I want to make sure that I can deliver on the full service capacity that we are promoting. And, you know, there's probably uh, executions and methodologies in our future that I don't even know exist yet. Um, and it's going to continuously be the job of our team to keep their, their hand on the pulse of what's not just happening now, but what's possibly coming tomorrow. And so whether it's, you know, all the different uh, methods of, of uh, you know, engaging and acquiring media on hybrid fusion approach, um, it's different types of creative that we're doing, you know, I want to keep being recognized as at the top of our game. Um, I, I think that, that our industry has some really incredible talent on the vendor side. And so, it, you know, at the top of our game doesn't just mean that, you know, hey, we're number one. It, to me, that doesn't mean that. But it means that I'm always in the conversations with all the number ones, right? Um, and, and I think depending on you who you talk to, everyone might have a different definition of that. As long as I'm in that conversation, um, I think that we're going to be exactly where we need to be uh, come five, ten years from now. Awesome. So... Before we jump into our rapid fire questions, you kind of touched on some really fun facts about your awesome um, uh, screenplay and then also being part of the um, doing being a filmmaker for some time doing two documentaries. Um, but I was super stoked when I saw that you also published a children's book called bear with pants in late 2017 um and won awards um so a quick 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 minute about that and then i i want to jump into our our rapid fire questions excellent and then i i feel like i may have cut myself off on tsg i can't remember but i might want to just revisit that question slightly when we come back around if you don't if you don't okay mind. okay so a bear with pants. Um, you know, I don't generally, especially when we're talking about things that have nothing to do with open jar. Okay. When I start contemplating a creative thing I want to do, I don't do it with the mindset of I'm going to do this and I'm going to make all kinds of money. And if you're creative and you're doing things to make all kinds of money, I encourage you to do something else. Uh, cause that typically does not happen to most right. of us. But listen, I, I've, I've done some pretty interesting things, Alex. Uh, you know, you know, I've made a feature film. I wrote right. another feature film that I uh, would still produce if I got the chance. I've been involved in at least three documentaries. Two of them were about ultimate fighting before UFC was as popular as, as it is now. I, I did it more on the basis of entertainment uh, with what the WWE was. Mm -hmm. uh, and still is. And that was really my driver there. UFC was just catching his legs at the time. Um, I, I've produced and rapped uh, on an album wow. with uh, some other wildly talented rappers who did everything they could to make me sound acceptable because uh, I wanted to create a soundtrack, a, a unique soundtrack for one of the uh, ultimate fighting documentaries or no holds barred fighting documentaries that we did. Um, and so I'm looking back at like all these crazy things that I've done. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And, and that took years. You might think you oh, can out a children's book in uh, a month. But let me tell you, you can't. Um, and because I cannot sit there and do the beautiful illustrations that uh, the artist we were able to work with, uh, Zach, who, who did those, um, I had to work along with his timeline too. And we had to meet and figure out how to get these illustrations to, to match up with the story. But I thought at first, Hey, do I write a novel? Oh my gosh. I'd still be writing that novel. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's ambitious. 
you stand up, you set up to write a novel and the good chances you're never going to, you're never going to finish it. And, and the other thing, the other rule I give myself is the people who knew about this, I could count on one hand until I was basically putting the cover on it and sending it off to the, the publisher. And I self-published. Nice. Um, uh, the, the printer who puts the book together is also the publisher in that situation. So oh. I, I then said, well, hey, what about a children's book? Something that I can use to teach lessons, something that I conceivably can get done um, and something that, you know, it's going to live beyond me. Um, and, and maybe my grandchildren will read it someday. And I'm still promoting it. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was about accomplishing a really high hurdle project and feeling very, very good about it. And then the fact that I got feedback, I, I think I won 2018 or 2019 book of the year. Um, the fact that I got validating feedback was just amazing. And, and what I usually tell people who are going after their dreams or even myself is, uh, yeah, I have made it, I have, I, I didn't hit it big with a bear with pants. I'm also, I'm also still above ground and breathing. Right. And so as long as that's the case, I'm not out. I'm never going to be counted out as long as I'm still standing here and breathing and I've got an ambition to chase a dream. And, and that's really what that book was for me. And it had nothing to do with Open Jar. Um, it was this complete standalone project and something I just wanted to do when I had the time to do it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that is great information. Do you want to TSG? Do you want to do TSG first or jump into a few of the rapid fire questions? Let me get some water and let's go rapid. Okay. I feel like I'm on a game show. Okay. All right. So now is part of the show where we jump in and do some of our fun rapid fire questions, some of these stump some of our guests, but let's see how Adam does. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? I think I know the answer. What makes me feel fired? Uh, inspired. Inspired. Yeah. Definitely not fired. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, um, look, I, I have, I, I'm a man of routine. Um, and I like to hit my check boxes to start my day. Um, if I don't work out in the morning, uh, I feel it all day long. Um, and I have people I look to that, uh, kind of fire me up when I'm not feeling like going down, like getting down and, and dirty in the gym. But, um, uh, it's, it's hard to explain if, uh, you're not, uh, a fitness enthusiast, but there's a feeling that comes over you that I don't think any drug can match. And, you know, I always felt like when I was the fittest person in the room, I was the most likely to get the deal. And, and that might just be all in my head. Right. But I, you know, when I was starting off early in my career and I had this suit and I'd be sitting in a room full of people with suits, I always felt like I had some armor that they didn't have that made me a little tougher, a little more thick skinned, that was gonna make it hard for them to not give me the deal. And, and that just starts in the morning with those morning, morning grinds. I feel I'm, I'm with you all day with that. I, I, I got to attribute some of that to not only working out and, and do, going that morning discipline and getting it out, just feeling I, I had a rough, I got a new trainer. So I got a rough workout this morning, the past two <laughs> days, like I drained by now, but, uh, you know, I it's feel you, but it's to take a nap. Yeah. So I've been done. Jujitsu was kind of the same way for me. Next question. And this is kind of up your alley because you're in the advertising business. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Whoa. Here's the thing. I, I'm sorry I give a little setup to each answer, but I'm a big fan of context. You have seconds on a billboard to make an impression. And since we're not talking about a particular message here, I think if I had a billboard, I'd have a smile. And, and I don't know if it's my smile or not, it might be an animated smile. And there's something powerful as we all know about the smile. 
it changes mood instantaneously. And so if I was just wanting to say anything and I had no particular message, I'd put a smile up there and say, have a great day. And guess what? I think people would see that. They'd smile and they'd have a little bit better day. I agree. I love that. I love that. That's a great one. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Gosh, not because I'm just fielding compliments left and right, but again, <laughs> there's there's context for that. Um, you know, um, there's one funny one I'll give you, and then there's one serious one. I'm walking through, since we just talked about working out, and you know, I was a trainer and bodybuilder, and I'm walking out of an airport, and I want to say it was in New Orleans, and I'm at TSA and they stop me and they say, excuse me, sir, you can't bring those guns on board. <laughs> okay. So, all right. That really happened. And I have witnesses. Um, and it was hilarious. That's great. The other one is when, you know, um, I don't want to embarrass them. So I won't say their names, but you know, I, when a client says to me, Adam, um, open jar you're you're our guy and no matter who pitches us no matter who comes to us with what promise you're our guy and i can't tell you or maybe you know what that means that it was yes it had everything to do with what you delivered at the end of the day um whether, whether it's a cost per packet or it was one of your incredible websites whatever it is it, it had something to do with that, but I also think it had to do with the relationship. And uh, the fact is most people, when it push comes to shove, they work with who they like. And I know a lot of people who have just said, I'm at a point in my life where if I don't like you, I'm not working with you. And um, that I've been able to earn the respect, trust, admiration, and relationship of clients who are I hate even using that word with them now. Friends that happen to do business with me um, means means a lot. Um, and then, you know, last one in the in this category is when when um, however people see it or notice it, uh, they know that that um, I'm a good family guy. I I'm I I'm always promoting my family and. I'm very proud of them. And I think people see that. They see that. Um, I take time for that. And when someone recognizes that, it takes me aback a little bit and, and really makes me feel great. What was an insult you received that you're proud of? <laughs> well, <laughs> so um, let's talk about what I've heard from staff over the years. Okay. Um, look, they, they love going to Reno, my partner with issues. He's real chill and, um, not a lot sets him off. Um, they don't like coming to me. Um, and, and it's not because I have a, uh, inappropriate response. Um, but I am extremely demanding and they know it. And I think that they don't want to upset me or let me down. Um, it says a lot about the relationship I've built with them, that they know that I, I expect a high bar from every single one of mm -hmm. them. And so, you know, we, Reno and I have been joked about being mom, mommy and daddy and all this shit. Oh, they're going to mommy on this one. But obviously that's, that's not how it is. But the fact that, you know, our team wants so much to please and, and make, us, make us proud of their work means they have come to respect and care about uh, our opinions um, and our uh, brain trust. And, you know, I, I, I don't like always being the bad cop, but it's now a badge of honor. I, I wear it when I have to. And we get we get what we want out of our people. And um, but it's done with respect. You know, we we all love each 
each other at, at the hive. And I don't say that in any sort of uh, cliche way. We, we really have enormous uh, respect for one another. And yeah, I may be, you know, the one who's more blunt force trauma and Reno is going to put his arm around you and tell you everything's going to be okay. But those are two styles that we have, you know, learned to live with. And I, I feel good with it. I feel like I, if, if they're able to delineate between the two of us, you know, hey, I'm going to bring this message to Reno and maybe Reno brings it to Adam. Um, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with my team not wanting to let, let me down. Um, but it, the thing they always have to remember is it's not just about me. And it's not just about Reno. It's always about all of us. Right. Um, because they're there because Reno and I can't do every single job by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, need, they each need each other uh, to do their jobs. It's, a, it's an all oars in the water kind of thing. I love that you guys uh, consider yourselves the hive. It all goes with the branding. What was your favorite subject in school? History. Nice. Loved history. Um, I loved uh, using my imagination to kind of look back and picture myself in different historical situations. Probably why I watch so much content that's generally a period piece. Nice. I love that. So with that question, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? That is such a, uh, that's a really hard one Um, because there have been so many pivotal people uh, throughout our history. If if they're dead, they probably won't get upset at what you said. No, I know, but I almost (laughs) feel like, like I can't give a single. Right. There's so many. I get it. There's so many. I can't, I mean, you know, I'd love to speak with some of the smartest people from Einstein. I'd love to speak to former presidents like Kennedy. I'd love to speak to former civil rights leaders like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, yeah, it, it, it's tough. I'd love to go all the way back to you know, Washington and Lincoln uh, uh, and speak to them. It, it would be really cool if I had a time machine and then I could better answer these questions for Bill you. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Check it out. Or time bandits. Yeah. Awesome, my brother. Well, that was great. That was the end of our rapid fire session. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on. I look forward to seeing you, um, I think, in October, right? Mass Torts? Yes, I'll be there.